Welcome to Be A Better Speaker with me, Graham David, expert speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk. This is a slightly strange little episode of Be A Better Speaker because I want to look at something that is going to feel, initially at least, difficult to rehearse. Uh, It's also going to slightly contradict everything I've ever said in Be A Better Speaker. And the, the, the call to what I talk about when I'm helping you to become a better presentational speaker is to be as close to yourself as possible. What I mean by that is... Don't take on different movements, gestures, ways of speaking, accents, language that is different from how you normally work or speak. Now, you need to make some changes and improvements, of course. That's why you want to be a better speaker. But as far as possible, you're going to make these techniques work within your own way of being and working. However, there is one thing that I see new speakers consistently mess up, and I'd like to offer you some help with it now. And that is... Where do you stand when you're speaking? How much do you walk? How much do you stand absolutely stock still? Where's the best place on stage? So, granted that you'll be speaking to groups of anything between five and however many hundred, and there are numerous ways of setting out the stage and the area where you're working. Uh, A stage, by the way, is simply the area at the front where most people are looking. It doesn't have to be a formal stage, a raised stage. Sometimes you have the audience... Uh, like in a cinema raked up going upwards in front of you Um, sometimes they'll be on the same level as you sometimes your stage will be raised even just a few inches but that's the area we're talking about and I want to just give you a few thoughts about this because I see so many people mess up otherwise good presentations So the first thing is there's no hard and fast rule. If you want to walk, you should walk. If you want to stand still, you should stand still. If you want to use the podium, you should use the podium, though more about that later. Um, Pretty much where you want to go is fine. And actually that alone will mark you out from most speakers. Remember, the aim of this is to be noticed. The aim of this is to be seen and for people to look at you. Whether or not they like what you're saying... Part of the battle here is to gather their attention and to maintain their attention. So partly what we're looking at is moving to suit you, where you want to go and how you want to get there. Now, whatever your style is, I've seen speakers literally race from the stage through the audience, um, up the back of the emergency stairs, up to the back of the auditorium, right to the back, in big traditional theatres, right to the back row because they've been making a point and it suits their frenetic and energetic style and it's worked for them i've seen speakers not move a muscle from the podium place where they stand if you've ever come across ted talks i'm sure you have you'll notice that there's a big red spot and certainly the tedx speeches are all about you don't leave the red spot And you see people do this and make it work absolutely fine. So I'm not arguing in favour of moving, not moving, types of movements, where you stand, but I'm going to give you some thoughts about it. The first one is you should move where you want to move, when you want to move, with all these other points coming up um, to to, to be considered. So that's the first point. Second is I generally don't like standing behind the podium. Now, it doesn't mean I don't, and occasionally I do use podiums. 
and sometimes if it's the only place with a microphone which is pretty poorly planned then got to use the, the the podium the problem is the podium's going to cover at least two-thirds of your body so any of your natural body language we can't see People often tend to cling, I mean literally cling to podiums, hugging like a long-lost friend as they attempt to hide their nerves. So just their eyes and nose pop over the top of the podium. Yet we all know you're nervous. So I, I, I don't like podiums, I don't like being constrained into that space. And if it doesn't feel natural for you, then you should consider not using the podium. I've referenced in other episodes, the podium might be where I keep some of my key notes, uh, my water, so it's a central point I can go back to, but ideally I don't really want to be fixed there. Remember also that if there's a series of speakers, most people will use the podium. So simply by not using it, you're going to look different from everyone else. Should you walk out among the audience? Well, <clears throat> there's pluses and minuses to this. I do... Uh, in certain parts of presentations go into the audience certainly at the, the beginning uh, um, I do a sort of an engagement thing I get people laughing joking moving about and I'll often go into the audience to explain that and run that but it's not actually the most successful in terms of encouraging your audience to relax and interact now I, I use it at the start of a particular process I use because uh, it needs a certain amount of energy but actually when you think of the invisible rules that constrain audiences and presentations and stages, when you step off that stage or you walk past that line into the audience, you're breaking all of those rules. Now, you might want to do that consciously for whatever reason that you might want to do that. Now, I don't do it for that reason, uh, for those reasons, because my style of presentation is, is quite in your face anyway. I do it because I particularly need to get to some members of the audience and um, do this activity but you have to remember that the moment you do that because you're breaking all the rules the audience doesn't now know what's going on and for some of them that will be uh, ridiculous those may sound a high degree of stress are you going to pick on them are you going to embarrass them are you going to make them do something they don't want to do and whilst people talk somewhat naively about taking people out of their comfort zone this is not a good place for audiences to be in. At this stage, they're not listening, they're not considering, they're not working with what you're telling them, they're probably not even enjoying it. The key thing is, this feels dangerous. Why has the person come down from the stage, or moved away from the stage, and into this bit? This is our bit. We sit here, you, speaker, stand over there. Don't understand this. <clears throat> so I'd be very careful about stepping into the audience for those reasons. Also, in terms of the stage itself, what's the most powerful place? Well, if you need to deliver a key point, an absolute, this is the big one, this is your winning issue, this is the thing that's going to make everybody gasp <coughs> and throw their hats into the air and go, wow, we've got to hire this guy, or whatever it is. People will talk about being the centre of the stage in order to do that, and that might be the strongest point. What I've found is you need to be where you can see everyone's faces now some layouts of rooms they've actually got audiences with their backs turned towards you so not brilliant so you're never going to get it never going to get everyone but you ideally want somewhere where you can see most people's faces the reason for this is if you can see their faces they can see your face so this is a strong place to deliver your key points this could be in the center of the stage 
most older theatre venues <coughs> will be laid out for just this way. So, <coughs> so if you're at the front of the room, uh, at the front of the, the, the stage, and you're delivering your key bit of information from there, <coughs> excuse me, just choking it, if you deliver your key bit of information from there, then everyone will see and hear you. But you could find the same thing uh, down the front of the stage to one side. You could even find it at the back near a, a flip chart or a um, gesturing to your, one of your slides, for example. Now, the only way you're going to find that, and it will vary from every single stage to every single stage, is by going and having a look. So, ideally, whenever I'm presenting, I want to be able to get onto the stage earlier and have a look around at the sight lines. The sight lines are as they sound. That's where you can see the audience and the audience can see you. And I want to be able to see people's faces. Now, it doesn't mean they're all staring back at me wrapped, but if they care to glance up or they care to focus in or they care to not look at the slides and look at me instead, they can see me. So they can therefore see how important this piece of information is. So you probably want two or three or four key areas where you deliver those big ideas. Should you sit down when you're presenting? Well, largely no, you shouldn't. Um, in some cases you have to because that's how you're built or in some cases you're going to have to sit down because it's been a horrendously long situation or there's been a long argument or a long debate or discussion with the audience or whatever. In those situations, yes, of course, you're going to sit down if you need to sit down. But by and large, you need to be on your feet. I will sometimes break that rule. So on occasions, uh, if something has been particularly contentious, audiences may find themselves disagreeing and arguing. And so long as that's still respectful and professional, I'm okay with that. Now, sometimes I'll be up on my feet to help facilitate that, but on other occasions, I'll just sit down and let people get on with it. And if you make that part of your performance, you can actually change the way the presentation is being experienced. You can imagine, can't you, by saying, let's just think about whatever your key idea is. Let's take a moment to consider that. I'm going to ask you to, whatever you want them to do with that piece of work, and then in three minutes, we'll talk about it. Get started now, please. And as you sit down, that signals something very, very different. If somebody starts saying, I'm really unhappy, I'm really angry about this, that you've just explained, I want to challenge it, and da 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 by sitting down, you indicate a very different reaction to what's being said. Now, I'm not saying sitting down works, and I'm not saying you should do it. The only way to really find out is how it actually feels when you try it. So you might want to consider. Now, I reference this because a long time ago, I used to work with a speaker who, um, when I first worked with them, was brilliant and really engaging. And as time went on, they became less and less, I think, happy with what they were doing. And they would frequently sit down early in their presentation. And it it really changed the dynamic in a in a quite a negative way. You could see <coughs> excuse me, you could see audiences starting to think, well, almost why are we still engaging? What what's the point of this? What are we doing this for? So I'd be very careful with, with sitting. And the final one is um is should you move about and how should you move about? Well, I think you should. I think movement is a really uh, good technique to use when presenting but I think you need to do it consciously now if you know Michael McIntyre the British comedian you'll know he, he 
he, one of his trademarks is he, he marches up and down the stage delivering what he's saying. And that works for Michael McIntyre because he's made that work for him over 20-odd years of performing to huge audiences. And he's a comedian. That may not be the right process for you. So I tend to use movement very deliberately. So I might be expelling something from the podium, which is perhaps the idea or the key thought that I want to get across. And then as I want people to start talking about it, or I want to start chatting with them about what this might mean, I want it to become more conversational. So I might move away from the podium and to the centre of the stage to deliver the next instruction. And then as people might ask me a question, I might use movement to move away from where I was standing towards wherever they are in the audience. Not into the audience, but on their side on the stage. As I answer them, I might start from that position and then move away to take in the rest of the audience to demonstrate I'm sharing the answer with everybody. Then, as I finish my answer, I might be looking back to that person who asked the question originally, but now I'm in a completely different part of the stage. And what you're doing when you, you, you do this movement, you do this consciously, is you're starting to take the audience with you. You're highlighting what they need to consider. You're making clear that this is a, a process, uh, that it hasn't yet been decided, that you're sharing ideas and you want your, their opinion. And that movement of your body across the stage or around the stage helps make clear to the audience that this idea isn't fixed. It's still something they can work with. They can still have an idea of it. Now, you can be absolutely certain in your own mind that this is what we're doing, but the reason you're moving allows the audience just to have some input to that, to share some thoughts on that. And so if you think about all of these different areas, moving into the audience, standing at the podium, standing in different key spots around the room, uh, sitting down or moving, they're all able to be used deliberately. Now, I appreciate when you first start to consider movement whilst you're presenting, it can feel a little bit difficult. It can feel a little bit like you're trying to walk and talk and you're learning it all from scratch, and I get that. So the easiest thing to do is perhaps start working from what doesn't work. And if standing behind a podium doesn't work for you, let's come out from behind the podium, stand in front of the audience and start talking. And you'll often find that naturally you move from that perspective. If you're aware that currently you're pacing up and down, like an addict coming down from something on cold turkey, that's probably not a good look. So try standing still. One of the most common, um, not mistakes, weak points I see with people in positioning on the stage, uh, it's particularly prevalent with that U-shaped table format that you see at uh, company briefings. So there's the table at the front of the projector on, there's the screen behind it, and then there's a U table, uh, a U shape of tables. And then there's a tiny gap between the, the end of the table and the table with the projector on. And I've seen so many speakers wedge themselves into that space. They can't move once they're there. They can't go forward because there's a table. They can't go into the central space because then they feel they're surrounded. They can't stand in front of the screen because then they'll get blinded by the projector. There's, there's nowhere else to go. That's a pretty awful layout of the room. And in truth, there's not much you can do about it if you maintain that layout of the room. So the solution clearly is to change the layout of the room. We'll talk about that in another episode. But if you find yourself wedged into that position, what you're doing is you're putting yourself second to the slides. It's not good. So break out of that little corner, 
Try standing in the centre of that big U shape, if that's what you've got. It means you're going to need to keep moving in order to keep making eye contact with your different audience, member, uh, audience members. Now, not like a lighthouse, you can stand still, but you'll discover there are different spots in that space you can stand and have reasonable conversation and contact with your audience. So, that's it for now, where you should stand, sit, <coughs> lie down maybe even, run around the room. Uh, the key to this is starting with what you're aware of isn't feeling so good and trying some alternatives. Hope that helps. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks for listening to Be A Better Speaker. If you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you, please consider subscribing right now. Leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement. Be great to hear your reviews. My name's Graham David, expert speaker, and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk.